0: Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. So we're just glad to be here this morning. I want to get right into the word. Um, We've been talking about relationship. Pastor Matt has uh, done a series on relationships. and I want to continue uh that thought uh with you this morning and trust that we can make a deposit in some areas um i want to open with a scripture it's very familiar if you have your bibles turn to genesis chapter 11 that's not in my notes but genesis chapter 11 very familiar but i want to read this this story that we're all familiar with but i want to make a comment and then i'll go to um My message this morning. But again, we're honored and we love your pastors also and appreciate all the time that we spent over the years together. And uh, some of the things that God's doing here is amazing, by the way. I travel for a living all over the country and to different countries around the world, and I see some incredible, awesome changes in this place. You're preparing for your future. Amen? So you ought to give God praise for that this morning. Amen? Amen. Genesis 11, verse 1 Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. Isn't it interesting? They separate language and speech there. The whole world had one language and common speech. As men moved eastward and found the plain in Shinar, they settled there. And they said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used bricks instead of stone and tar instead of mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down and, and to see the city and the tower that men were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse the language so they will not understand each other. We understand that their motives were wrong and that God had to judge them and confuse their language. They wanted to make a name for themselves. They wanted to reach the heavenly so they could be, quote, gods. And so God had to come down and confuse their language. But the principle that I want us to look at this morning and talk about is the principle that... If their motives had been right, God said, if they speak the same language, nothing will be impossible for them. I believe that that concept, I believe that is a biblical concept, that God said, if you learn how to speak the same language, and that's not English or Spanish, but you learn how to communicate and connect with one another and your motives are pure before me, then I will bless you abundantly. And so with that concept this morning, we want to talk about connection as we've been talking the last several weeks about the power of connection, or as I'm going to call it this morning, the power of one. Come on, say the power of one. Everyone's heard of the increase of productivity of a flock of geese flying in the V formation. That's an old concept, but we understand that. When we look at nature, we see that many images of flocks and schools and herds and colonies and packs that are together, it becomes obvious that moving together really makes sense. In fact, Proverbs describes the power of partnership, and it says in Proverbs 30, verse 27, the locusts have no king, yet all of them go out in rank. There's something wonderful and powerful when people understand that if we work together, if we function together, if everybody does their part, we can do far more than we can separately. Israel was a ragtrap group of individual slaves at Mount Sinai, but they came a powerful interdependent group of 12 tribes that marched in order and battle formation. They shifted from an audience to an army. God's not called the body of Christ to be an audience. He's called us to be an army and to function together. When Ezekiel saw the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel 37, he said, can these bones live? He was really saying, can these bones connect? Because they're disconnected. Someone once said that God never breathes on anything that doesn't get connected. Connection is a key because... The Bible calls us the body of Christ. God's using things like small groups and men's groups and women's networks and pastor's fellowship to bring us in relationship with this concept called the power of one. All relationship stems from God's relationship with himself. We call that the trinity. He said, let us, plural, let us make man in our own image. In Genesis 1.26, the Trinity is a great mystery, but can be simplified by stating three persons in one essence, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, form this perfect relationship that's called one. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. The very concept of God himself is one, is one. There may be separate uh, individuals or separate essences, but there is one God. We're one person. We're unified. We speak the same language. We're in this together. And I believe that concept is vital and important for the body of Christ today and this organization or, or entity that we call the church. It's really not our church. It's His church But it's the gathering of the people of God coming together and giving ourselves to God and to each other for one cause and speaking the same language, seeing the same clarity of vision to move forward together. The perfect relationship between three persons, that trinity, is heaven's core. When Satan rose up in pride and developed his own agenda... For the first time in eternity, there was this concept of two. He was immediately removed from heaven because around God, the only the principle of one can be in operation. When we separate ourselves and disconnect from one another, the kingdom of God cannot be in operation to its full extent. When God made Adam and Eve, he crowned them with the power of one. When he said, for this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Satan was furious with that concept and was fearful because he understood if they ever got that concept and lived it to its fullest, that his kingdom would be destroyed. Therefore, he set about to try to destroy the connection Or the concept of one between Adam and Eve and tried to put division among them because he realized if they got the concept of God, the power of one, nothing would be impossible for them. He has fought even to this day to try to destroy the biblical concept of marriage. The power of one is demonstrated throughout the Bible. When Solomon's temple was dedicated, when the trumpeters and singers were together, they said they heard them, they made themselves hear as one voice, one voice to praise and glorify God. They lifted up their voice and accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music that gave God praise and they became one. In other words, when we're, we really worship, as we did this morning so wonderfully, it's, it's nobody playing solos. It's the concept that together we're worshiping God with one voice. And when one voice goes up to God, all of heaven takes attention and God comes and inhabits the praises of his people. He shows up in our midst and he begins to change us. In fact, if you wait to the end of the service, you've waited too long because you can get your miracle and your breakthrough right in the midst of praise and worship. Amen. Because it's that concept of one that begins to be magnified. Furthermore, David said how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. In fact, in Psalms 133 later on, it says, it is there that God commands his blessing." I don't know about you but when the creator of the universe makes a command things happen. We used to say when EF Hutton speaks everybody listens. I don't believe that's true but when God speaks, when God makes a command, things change everywhere. And the and the concept of that is when we gather together in unity, and we lay aside our uh, our opinions and we gather together in one voice and we we worship God. He really comes and he has the power To change us. In the New Testament, Jesus' 12 disciples formed a nucleus that really formulated his kingdom. And a kingdom is just God's dominion or domain among a group of people. He had a goal in mind that their relationship among themselves was the same as he had with his father. In fact, in John 17, he prayed that very kind of prayer. He said that they may all be One as you, Father, and I are one, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. In other words, when we really come together, and he prayed for his disciples, if they understand what you and I have, Father, Jesus was saying, and they grab hold of that and they begin to live that, something powerful is going to happen and the whole world will understand that really the son of god is alive because of our relationship with one another the goal of the 12 was to become one and on the day of pentecost they were all together in one accord in one place and that same power of god fell on the temple uh, in the church, and Paul constantly exhorted the church that you might be like-minded, Philippians 2, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Now, please don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean we no longer are individuals we no longer have our own concepts and understandings, but somehow in the midst of all of that, our our individuality is a strength when we gather together in the concept of one. In other words, one is the foot and one is the hand and one is the arm and one is the leg and one is the eyes, and so, so we have our individuality, but when we function together, There is a power that is released that changes everything. We're not building just our own church or our own denomination. We're really building the kingdom of God, God's dominion or domain on the earth to change the lives of people everywhere. It is this kind of kingdom mentality that was the first pillar of healthy relationships, among believers and the church to which we now belong this was perfectly illustrated when nehemiah was rebuilding the wall in jerusalem he was he assigned different families to different areas to rebuild this wall there was a wall and that wall was a wall of protection around jerusalem and and he said we have to rebuild it because it had been destroyed through the disobedience of of the nation of Israel that the enemies destroyed the wall. And, and this was just not any wall. This was a, a significant, serious wall. And in order to rebuild it, he's, he just assigned families in different locations. And, and it was an amazing thing that the family started building their section, and the section started joining together. And before it was all over, in a very short period of time, they rebuilt the entire wall around Jerusalem until he said there was no gap left. There was no gap left. A gap in the wall meant, meant there was Vulnerability that even though the wall was strong in 90%, that 10% left a gap or a vulnerability for the enemy to get in. And somehow when we let the enemy get in and cause separations and gaps in relationships, even though the majority of the wall is done, we leave a, a gap or a vulnerability for the enemy to get in and cause division among us. Isn't it interesting that the one thing the enemy tries to do is To divide us or separate us or confuse us sounds a little bit like Genesis chapter 11, doesn't it? And so we have to make sure that we work very hard and strategically to keep our lives unified because there God commands His blessing. In the same way the kingdom of God today that each one of us must be doing our part to make sure that we're building together, that we... We remove pride and egos that this is my section, and my section of the wall is better than your section of the wall, or mine is stronger than yours, or all of this, but we're all a part of a same project, doing it together and completing our part so there's no gaps remaining. The story was told of three men that were laying bricks alongside each other in They were asked, what are you doing here? And the first one said, I'm laying bricks. The second one replied with a little bit greater perspective, I'm building a wall. But the third one had the complete vision. And he said, I'm building the greatest cathedral in the history of mankind. Sometimes it's your perspective that changes everything. You can demean yourself or limit yourself by saying, well, I'm just laying bricks. Or maybe you have a little bit bigger vision, I'm building a wall. But hopefully, as we begin to connect with one another, we see the greatest vision of all. We're a part of building the kingdom of God on earth. That's really what God wants to do. He wants to take the church beyond its just little insignificant being on Sunday morning and say, we're a force on the earth. We're, We're a major influence in our city. We're touching our state. We're affecting our nation. And we're going to the nations of the world. That's what God wants to do. But that can only happen when we begin to realize it's greater than just us. It's greater than just my life or our household. It's, it's a group of people that are willing to say, you know what, I'll bring to the table who I am and what God has given me, and I will join it with somebody else, and we'll learn to speak the same language, and we'll get the same vision, and who knows that God can't do a great thing among us and through us to the world in which we live. That's kingdom perspective. And Jesus is the king of his kingdom. And his great and high priest, he's building a great temple of God through every tribe and tongue and people and nation. He's using committed believers and leaders to build. And we must work alongside each other as fellow laborers. Oh, you're significant. You're very significant. And some of you are still trying to discover that. You may be new in God, but you're trying to say, what part do I play? What do I have to offer? I can tell you this morning, you're significant. Who you are is far more significant than you even understand at this time. But when you join what you have to offer with others... As we saw, an individual drummer, and an individual guitar player, and a bass player, and a and, and a piano player, and singers and vocals, all take their gifts and blend to make music and then take that music and dedicate it to God so it's worship going up to God, that it pulled us into his presence and we too began to be worshipers of God and we had one voice and God came in this place and and you felt and sensed his presence. How much more can our lives build his kingdom together? The Bible says, unless the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain. So we have to let the Lordship of Christ rule and reign in us individually, rule and reign in us collectively until he comes in his house, he inhabits our praise, and he begins to dispense gifts and anointings and, as we sang this morning, miracles. We serve a miracle-working God. A miracle is God's divine intervention. It means God steps in a situation and doctors may not be able to figure it out or your bank account can't figure it out, and God steps in and says, it's done. It's a divine intervention. And if you're here and you don't believe in miracles, you're too late to try to talk me out of it because I've experienced way too many miracles. I'll never doubt him. Come on, somebody. Amen? And so God always builds from the concept of vision. He sets a man and woman, a couple, in position and calls them pastor. They get clarity from God for the house in which they are responsible under God. That vision is different than sight. Sight sees everything in a present natural sense. Vision sees everything by the Spirit concerning the future. Without a vision, the Bible says, the people perish or lack constraints. Without a vision, they do their own thing individually, but with vision, they collectively gather for the glory of God to do something mighty in the earth. That means that we cast off everything that would hold us back and that we really are better Together. And even though the world wants to divide us into some individual uh, expression that's separated from everything else, and it's trying to, even through a lot of different ways, including social media, and by the way, there's so many wonderful things that are happening through it, it's connecting us to the world. But if we just get into our own individual worlds and we fail to come together, then we limit the hand of God using us at a different dimension. So as I close, I'm going to give you this developing of a new culture, which I sense among you today. And I've been coming here for, I don't know, 20 years probably or so, on and off. But I've been coming here, and I sense a developing of a new culture. A culture is an attitude and a behavior of characteristics of a particular group of people. And you have a culture among you that's powerful and limitless if you learn to embrace it together. Let me just give you three things. Number one, you must focus on relationship. You must focus on relationship. becomes very important. By this, John 13, 35... By this all men shall know that you're to my disciples. What is the greatest witness we have in the earth? By this all men shall know you are followers of me, that you have love one with another. Isn't it interesting? Your greatest witness to the world that doesn't know him is your relationship with one another. It's not your message. It's not your prophecy. It's not your standing in some place to the glory. It's your relationship with one another. We have to focus on relationship. Your relationship with God is vital. That's where it all starts. That's where it all starts. It's not just a member of a church. It's a personal relationship with God. Religion is man's pursuit of God Christianity is God's pursuit of man. So it's what separates it from all the religions of the world. God came to the earth to seek you and I out. And he gave us love and he shed his blood on Calvary, which was a place of, of paying for the price of the sins of mankind and becking us to come unto him. This is the love of God. So our relationship with God, our relationship with family... Your marriage, your family, your children, you must develop relationship with God. We had great sessions yesterday with singles and couples and, and marriages and so on. I mean, it just was a great time, men and women, and we talked about some of these issues and then your relationship with each other, your relationship with each other. God calls us to be a family, not just the members of an organization we call the church, but a family of God. That we know each other by name, and we pray for each other, and we develop relationships. You can't be close friends with everybody, but you can be connected with everybody. So relationships. Secondly, we will all do our part in the church. We will all do our part in the church. That's how the church operates. It says in 1 Thessalonians, we always thank God for you, mentioning you in our prayers, Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. We continually remember you before God and our Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. The thing that separates you is that you you work by faith, you labor in love, and you endure in hope. You are recognized that you do your part in the church. How do I do my part in the church? Well, number one, you get involved. You get involved. There's lots of things to do. And if everybody's doing their part, nobody's doing too much. We do have families, and we have jobs, and we have things on the outside. How does the church operate? The church operates by everybody doing their part. Nobody has to do too much if everybody does their part. So your involvement. Secondly, your giving is how you get involved in your church. Your are giving. I, I, I don't know, but I, I just happen to believe, and I'm not going to get into politics, but if we just understood God's principle, things would be pretty easy. Unfortunately, we have so much debt in our country, we're in trouble. But if everybody just did their part, that's God. God just developed this system. I'm going to make it equal for everybody. I'm not going to say when one person makes more money, they're better than a person that, does, that makes less money. I'm just going to ask everybody to do their part. And he calls that the tithe, 10%. Isn't that interesting? And when you do that, it's significant. God says, when, when you release that, I open the windows of heaven, and I'm looking for you to pour you out a blessing. In other words, you'll never outgive God. But he asks for a demonstration of your heart. Somebody said, God doesn't need my money. You're absolutely right. But he wants a demonstration of where your heart, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he just asked for a demonstration of your heart. Can you demonstrate that with me, 90% is far greater than 100% without me? It's pretty simple. And then you are part of the church by building the vision. By connecting to the vision of a church, every, every church cannot do everything. But every man and woman of God have a vision from God, and that is the vision of the church, which means our future is clear, and if we move together, we can accomplish everything. And then thirdly, we will impact our community. Really, it has to go beyond the walls of this church. It's not in the walls of this church. This is the equipping center. This is the healing center. This is the empowering center. This is where we put things back together. But really, we affect our community, then the church really becomes the church. And so if we're not affecting our community, we're not really the church. And too many churches across the country are social gathering places. And we gather together, and we have some good music and some things, and we hear a speech, and isn't it wonderful? But when we start impacting community, things begin to happen. What does that mean? It means that we've become a kingdom people. We understand the kingdom of God, and we've become a kingdom people because we're changing our community. There was a day that the church affected community at every level, and then we lost our influence and we became these entities that meet on some corner some way and we have a good time together and we're grateful that we came together but we weren't affecting community anymore we have to be a kingdom people we have to be members of this church partners really it's a deeper word than member partner we're in partnership a lot of people today just float around and they just go from church to church but God wants covenant. He's a covenant God. And what is what is partnership covenant? It means I'm covenanting because I know I can make a difference. When I become connected with other people with common vision, then God is released. And then we become what I call productive citizens. Our citizenship in heaven is first. But when you have citizenship in heaven, you can make a difference as a citizen of this world. Things begin to change. There is a strength of God that's being released in this hour. And it's that concept, the power of one. I'm one God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one. Jesus said, I, I, I and the Father are one. I want, you to be, I want you to be one like we're one. I want you to experience, even for a moment, what it means to be rightly Connected because when you are I'll come from heaven and release an anointing and a power far beyond anything else you've ever received why would a pastor take a whole month and just talk about relationship because relationships are part of the kingdom it's who God is you're here because you have relationship with God and if you don't then today would be a good time. Today would be a right time. You might say, well, I've been to church. I've been to church most of my life. And that's good. That's great. But you can't afford just to go to church and not have the church down inside of you. Because God is not just some entity far off that doesn't care. He said, just do whatever you can. He's a God that infinitely loves us beyond our comprehension. So much so that he was willing to go from the heavenlies, his place, his throne, and come to earth, walk on this earth, go through all the difficulties of life, be spit upon, hated, misunderstood, and take it all and wrap it up and take it to Calvary and say, I forgive. I forgive because I love, and my love conquers everything. He loves you that much. This morning, if you're here, why not make him Lord of all, Savior of your life? That's the greatest thing that can ever happen. You might get a job. You might get a promotion. You might get a new house, and all those are great. But nothing can compare to a one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it takes. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.